Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we left off in the book of Joshua, and uh, I, w- I want to point out that, um, uh, but anyway, just Joshua gets referenced, he gets, actually gets called, his name's used, is, is mentioned Jesus in the, the book of Hebrews here, but they, they're, they're speaking of, uh, <clears throat> of, let me get to it, Hebrews, here we go, Hebrews chapter uh I think it's three. Well, it's either two or three. Uh, let's see. It's actually in the Living Bible. It's going to say Joshua here. Uh, let me use the King James just a second. Uh, he's talking about Moses, 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 and they're getting to the promised land. And, uh, oh, he says that, uh, he, remember, the Lord swore that they, uh, that, he sh- that they should not enter into his rest. They're talking about entering into the rest here. And let's see, it looks like the fourth chapter here. Oh. Yeah, look at that. Look at verse 8. He, he will back up just a little bit in verse 7. Again, he limits a certain day saying in David. Now remember, David is where? Is he before Moses or after? He's after Moses. Like nearly 800 years. Somewhere in that time. Anyway, just it is close. Again, he limited a certain day saying in David. So David wrote this. Psalm said, today, after so long it is, he said, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, uh, well, actually, he just said this up to here, don't harden your hearts. But the writer of Hebrews says, for if Jesus had given them rest, that word's really, that's Joshua. Uh, I'll watch, I'll switch that to the Living Bible. They're, they're referring, they're not talking about Jesus, right? It's talking about, because he's talking about uh, uh, the promised land being referenced as a place of, of, uh, of his rest there. Let me switch that to the Living Bible. That'd be verse eight, uh, chapter four. Notice he's talking about Moses here. Uh, okay, and and he was saying, if only those who believe God can enter into His place of rest. Remember, they stayed forty day, forty years in the wilderness because they said we can't go in there. It was the promised land, and he he got so angry, he swore they'll never get in. Okay, so. He's using this to talk about, reference Jesus and talk about uh, Jesus is the only way. But anyway, but if you get down here to, uh, uh, we're getting close to me. Yeah, verse 7, but he uh, he has set another time for coming in that that is now. He announced through King David long years after man's first failure to enter in, saying the words already quoted today, when you hear him calling you, don't harden your hearts. That's the reason a lot of times we do use that story. The Israelites hardened their hearts and couldn't get in the promised land. See, look, at they call him Joshua now. That's because that's what that word really means. And think about it. The word Jesus there, that's where it comes from. But anyway, this, is a, this new place of rest he's talking about does not mean the land of Israel that Joshua led them into. Hmm. This stuff must have happened. Of course it did. That's just like a basic, it's just like saying, you know, America, we're just going to cut out. There was no such thing as America. You know, there was, yes, there was. There was also a Spanish-American war. There was also this war, that war, World War II. You can't just say that stuff never happened. It did. And so anyway, so that's what we're looking at here. So uh, <clears throat> this is speaking of, about, I mean, that verse there is talking about, again, that uh, does not mean the land of Israel where Joshua led them into. So here we go. Let's go right back to Joshua here. Let's run through this history. And the cool part about our history here is that uh, um, it's the Lord working. And so we get fantastic things out of it. Okay, so 
in the seventh chapter, what we just finished in chapter five and chapter six was uh, Israel, when they got in the promised land, they took out Jericho. That's right. It was a no big deal. And then they thought, we'll just send a few troops over here to a place called Ai or whatever. Uh, that was their king, Ai. Oh, well, no, there it is right there. Go to Ai chapter 8, verse 1. But anyway, but when they went over there, they got their tail kicked. And remember, it was because God had said, everything you get, bring it to the Lord. One guy kept some stuff, and it cost some Israelis, 36 of them were killed and whatever. So they just dealt with that. Now watch this. Now remember, then. So would we start a story with then? We'd have to know then what? So now you know. Uh, <clears throat> the fellow that did that crime, he got stoned, he was, he was killed, whatever. And notice this. Then the Lord said to Joshua, chapter 8, verse 1. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Take the entire army and go to Ai. Now, hopefully, we go any further here. Just don't waste time here. Uh, miss this. You've got to keep yourself from being discouraged. And I, I find myself just, it just every week, could be every day. And if you let yourself, you're just, just between you and nobody else. You're not happy. And in the presence of the Lord, the scripture says, is fullness of joy. Oh, I want to go look at something real quick. Back in the book of Hebrews where we just started, I want to show you something about uh, where the Bible says we are. Chapter 12, talking about the new Jerusalem, which is in heaven. Uh, notice it says, you've not had to stand face to face with terror, flaming fire. This is when the Ten Commandments were given. At Mount Sinai. You mean that happened? Yes. The awesome trumpet blast. We have that historic record in the Old Testament. You can go look at it. But notice 22, you have come right into Mount Zion. No, I'm in Alabama. Hold on a minute. You have what the Bible says you have. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not true. Look what the scripture says. You, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, which in our future book, Revelation says, is going to come down. See, the Bible says in Ephesians that we are seated with him in heavenly places. See, as you walk your Christian journey, if you're not studying the scriptures, you'll never find out what Jesus did for you. Remember, we come right into the very throne of God to obtain mercy, and we can just let it go over our head and not even understand. You are, you see where I'm getting at here, you're here. Oh, man, it's amazing. that Richard, how can I be here, but I'm there? You're there. Jesus said the kingdom of God, remember, is within you. Okay. And to the gathering of, look at this, countless happy angels. They're not discouraged. God doesn't use discouragement to help pan you out for the day. A little bit of discouragement, and then all of a sudden you feel better in the evening. You go, Lord, I'm, I want to thank you for that discouragement because it, it ultimately led me to you. Oh, we've heard that so much. That is baloney. Thank God you figured it out. Yeah, but anyway, but watch this. And look at this. And to the judge of all, to the spirits of the redeemed in heaven, already made perfect, to Jesus himself, who's brought us this wonderful new agreement, sprinkled, sprink, and to the sprinkling of blood, which graciously uh, forgives instead of crying out for vengeance as the blood of Abel did. Okay, but anyway, but okay, must be. That's the way you want to treat the scriptures. It must be. You're seated with him in heavenly places. Let me just show you one more thing right along those lines. Chapter 1. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Look down here at about, uh, uh, let's see.
Actually, I meant, meant chapter 2, excuse me. In chapter 2, let's see what it says. Look at verse 6. Well, let me get 4. This is Ephesians 2, verse 4. Well, Richard, I don't see this. That's the importance of the Bible. Just because you don't see it. See, that's one of the greatest things when you, when you go, oh, I see it. We're here in the world. Remember, we're in the world, but we're not of it. Remember Jesus said that? Well, this is why. And why are we in the world? Go ye there. For, we're trying to build God's family, not just our family. We're trying to extend. We're trying to go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He's going to let us have a good time while we're doing it. But the important thing is, that's the reason it's still junk down here. We've got people that are lost. We've got to get them. We want them to go too. God, who is so rich in mercy, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, he so loved us that even when we were spiritually dead, okay, we didn't know him, and doomed by our sins, he gave us back our lives again when he raised Christ from the dead. So in other words, when he raised Christ from the dead, well, he did that for me 2,000 years ago. So I wouldn't have seen it anyway. I wasn't even here. Only by his undeserved favor or by his grace, is what the other translations would say, have we been saved. Look at this. Lifted us up from the grave into the glory along with Christ where we sit with him. Oh, but I, I, I'm not worthy. I don't care if you think you're worthy or not. You're seated with him. Have a seat. That's where you are. <gasps> In the heavenly realms. So no wonder another book that has no email, has no contact whatsoever, writes and they say in Hebrews that we are coming to this innumerable company of angels to the city of the living God, <laughs> the spirits of just men made perfect. It all says the same thing. Mm. Wow. Look at this. And all because of what? Christ did. And now God can always point us as examples of how very rich his kindness is to us as shown in all he's done for us through Jesus Christ. Okay, now, it's always what he's done for us, what he's done for us. Yeah, and it's the same thing here in the book of Joshua, chapter 8. Here they go. So here they're in there. Now he says, don't be afraid. Oh, yeah, but it scares me. Remember, Rahab already said all the nations are terrified of you. It's like a poker game. You got that poker face on. But this is better. We got it made. He says, take the entire army and go to Ai, for it is now yours to conquer. Look at this. I have given the king of Ai and all of his people to you. Whoa. You'll do to them what you did to Jericho and her king. But this time, look at this. You may keep the loot and cattle for yourselves. We were talking about, you know, how the world makes fun of television evangelists and stuff like that and whatever. Now, there are some goobers, but I've never seen one. I've never. Laura mentioned one, but it was, it was face-to-face. It was a minister that was all about money, you know. But I tell you, look at this. That, that's just devastating to trying to build a church right there. Don't tell the people they can have that. Man, listen, it's Jesus, it's Jesus who takes care of it. Look at this. So what he said, what he said, do uh, you can keep the loot and the cattle for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city, the Lord told him. Before the main army left for Ai, Joshua sent 30,000 of his bravest troops. Remember, he has approximately, we have the numbers. He's got approximately 600,000 or better troops himself. He said, get these guys to hide an ambush behind the city, alert for action. This is the plan, he explained to them. When our main army attacks, the men of Ai will come out to fight as they did before. We're going to run away. We'll let them chase us until they left the city for they'll say, the Israelis are running away again just as they did before. 
Then we will jump up from, no, then you will jump up from your ambush. This is the 30,000 behind the city. And uh, for the Lord will give it to you. Let's don't let that, he's already said this. Remember he said in Joshua chapter one, nobody's going to be able to stand before you. And that wasn't the only place Moses was told that. One of you will put 1,000 to flight. 10 of you put 10,000 to flight. Your enemies are going to scatter seven ways before you. Anyway, set the city on fire as the Lord has commanded. You now have your instructions. Oh, God, I just hope this works. Oh, please. It always does. So they left that night and lay in ambush between Bethel and the west of Ai. But Joshua and the rest of the army remained at Jericho. Early the next morning, Joshua roused his men and started to Ai, accompanied by the elders of Israel and stopped at the edge of the valley north of the city. That night, Joshua sent another 5,000 men. So, you drinking coffee? Go back and think. Well, what did he, he had 30,000. Now he's got 35. Okay. To join the troops in ambush on the west side of the city. So you've got north. You could write this on paper and watch it yourself as you do it. He himself spent the night in the valley. The king of Ai, seeing the Israelis across the valley, went out early the next morning and attacked at the plain of Arabah. But, of course, he didn't realize that the rest, uh, th that there was an ambush behind the city. Joshua and the Israeli army, they fled through the wilderness as though badly beaten. Mm -mm. And all the soldiers in the city were called out to chase after them. Oh, brother, y'all are doomed. Okay. Now, remember, these, these, these guys here, they're worshiping idols and they're throwing their kids to the fire. This is what, I mean, God just didn't just replace these people for fun. I want that promised land. No, he told, he told Abraham in the book of Genesis that the, the people in the, in the land of Israel will not be ready for punishment until then. That was, he said, he, he was telling Abraham in uh, Genesis chapter 17 uh, that he said that uh, your, your descendants are going to be as slaves in Israel, I mean in Egypt for 400 and something years. And he says at that time, the... People in Cana won't be ready for punishment. Well, what's up with that? Almost to the verge of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were horrible, horrible. What was going on? So here we go. So the city was left defenseless. There was not a soldier left in Ai or Bethel, and the city gates were left wide open. Then the Lord said to Joshua, now, did you notice this? <laughs> sure is talking a lot. Yeah, and he's talking a lot to you and I too. Remember, we just heard today if you hear his voice. You should be hearing his voice today. Don't sit there and feed yourself. He's not talking to me. I go ask the pastor. Have you got something for the Lord for me? <laughs> well, first off, think of the pastor. How do you, you're in so much in unbelief. How do you think, oh, he might be in unbelief too. Well, I don't know. You know, we've got to calm down and say, praise the Lord. I hear from the Lord. Amen. You do. We've made it so hard, you know, and, and, and remember, you tick off your, your girlfriend, you take off your boyfriend, they're not going to talk to you. Well, you never talk to me. I just called you. You never called me. I called you ten times today. That's the same thing a Christian and his heavenly father are doing. You never talk to me. And he's hearing you tell somebody. Well, I've asked the Lord about this. I really have. He didn't say anything? Oh, well, you know how the Lord is. I mean, I... <laughs> Expect it. I mean, really? Did he show up on a pony here or something? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. As he, he says, as I was, remember the chapter one here, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. And we quote the rest of the scriptures as though they're ours. 
No man, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, and don't be discouraged, and all this stuff. But yet we let this one go. No, he's with us. Look what he says. Point your spear toward Ai, for I will give you the city. Hmm. Joshua did. And when the men in ambush saw his signal, they jumped up and poured into the city. And I guess it was they set it on fire. Yeah, set it on fire. When the men of Ai, oh, look behind them. Smoke from the city was filling the skies. They had nowhere to go. When Joshua and their troops were, uh, who were with him saw the smoke, they knew that their men who had been in ambush were inside the city. Woo! So they turned on their pursuers and began killing them. Then the Israelis who were inside the city came out and began destroying the enemy from the rear. Now let me stop here just a second. Think about Israel today. The Israel is so hated. You know why? The Lord's with them. And all those other nations around there, they know all this stuff. They hate Israel. They want to have their own gods. I, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say here is this stuff happened. It's not like, well, yeah, Israel, we like Israel. Yeah, Saudis, we love them. They're, they don't get along at all. So the men of Ai were caught in a trap. Okay, and all of them died. Not one man survived or escaped. All right, except for King Ai, who was captured and brought to Joshua, and Joshua is going to take his lights out. So when the army of Israel finished slaughtering all the men outside the city, they went back, finished off everyone inside. So the entire population of Ai, 12,000 all, was wiped out that day. So you can see how big that was, okay? Uh, for Joshua kept his spear pointed toward Ai until the last person was dead. Only the cattle and the loot were not destroyed, for all the armies of Israel kept those for themselves. The Lord had told Joshua they could. So Ai became a desolate mound of refuse and is still today. That's at the time of this writing. You just don't put these things in there if it didn't happen. But you can't. I mean, Elvis even saying Joshua won the battle of Jericho. I mean, we're really, we've hung ourselves if none of this stuff is true. But it is. Joshua hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening. But as the sun was going down, he took down the body and threw it in front of the city gate. And there he piled a great heap of stones which can still be seen today. And here's where Joshua is going to put a curse out. Then Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel. At, oh, oh, excuse me, look at this. Now this is what we saw uh, the Lord told Moses to do. And here they're going to do it. Joshua built an altar to the Lord uh, God of Israel at Mount Ebal. And as Moses commanded in the book of his laws, make me an altar of boulders that have neither been broken nor carved, the Lord had said concerning Mount Ebal. Then the priest offered the burnt sacrifices and peace offerings to the Lord on the altar. And as the people of Israel watched, Joshua carved the stones on the stones. Boy, he's getting good at this commandment stuff, isn't he? he? Must have a Dremel tool. He carved out the Ten Commandments. All right. Then all the people, including the elders, officers, judges, foreigners, living among them, divided into two groups. Here they go. They had a mount of blessing and a mount of cursing. They got on, obviously they were pretty close to each other. Okay. So half of them went over here, and Moses told them which groups at the foot of Mount Gerizim and half at the foot of Mount Ebal. Ebal, between them stood the priest with the ark, ready to pronounce their blessing. Ah, these blessings. Bless you. Have a blessed day. Oh, mercy. Absolutely. There's, I mean, I, you, mm, that is so true. This was all done in accordance with the instructions given long before by Moses. Joshua then, look at this, Joshua then read to them, and we just read, read who? It was everybody. He then read to them the statements of the blessing and the curses that Moses had written in the book of God's laws. That'd be Deuteronomy 28 and even further. 
Every commandment Moses had ever given was read, but oh, this is going to take all day. That's what you needed, praise God. Just tell yourself, you know, I just, I don't, man, I, I ain't got time to read my Bible today. Take time. Do it. Do it. It's worth it. I like to say it's like putting suntan lotion on. Man, it keeps you from getting burned, praise the Lord. I know it doesn't look like it, but you're doing it because it's because it's because of faith. Look at this. Every commandment, look at this. Every commandment Moses had ever given was read before the entire assembly, and you've got a copy of it. That would be uh, the end of Exodus and then uh, Numbers and then Deuteronomy. I mean, Leviticus and Deuteronomy and the children and the foreigners who lived in Israel. Wow. All right. When the kings of the surrounding area heard what happened to Jericho. Now, wait, we're talking AI. Yeah, but they heard about Jericho. They quickly combined their armies to fight for their lives against Joshua and the Israelis. These were the kings of the nations west of the Jordan. See, this is why, God, this is just too real. They're going to name who they are, what their kingdoms were. We won't go through it, but well, we'll go through it, but we're not going to spend a lot of time there. Along, uh, along the shores of the Mediterranean, as far north as the Lebanon Mountains, you could figure out where that is. The Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, that same long list. But when the people of Gibeon, oh, wait a minute, we got a story here, heard what had happened to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to trickery to save themselves. Well, you can't blame them. Let's see what they did. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, wearing worn-out clothing as though from a long journey with patched shoes, weather-worn saddlebags on their donkeys, old patch wineskins, dried moldy bread. What are they up to? Well, we keep reading. When they arrived at the camp of Israel at Gilgal, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, Oh, we've come from a distant land to ask for a peace treaty with you. The Israelis replied to these Hivites, that's who they were, How do we know you don't live nearby? For if you do, we cannot make a treaty with you. See, they were speaking for the Lord. They were going, you know, hey, uh, we're doing what the Bible says for us to do. They replied, hey, we're, we want to be your slaves. Yeah, but who are you? Joshua demanded. Where do you come from? Because God had instructed them, wipe out everybody or what? They're going to become thorns in your side, you know, in your eye. And you're going to start worshiping their stupid idols. Oh, we're from a very distant land, they said. We have heard of the might of the Lord your God and all of us uh, and all that he did in Egypt. This fairy tale stuff about what happened in Egypt. Well, obviously it's not. And they're claiming, now they're lying, but still they knew about it. And it was still, I mean, you don't pull this lie off if, if what happened in Israel was not that great. I mean, the world was rocking under this. And what you did to the two kings, look at this history. Exactly right. Right at the end of Exodus, I mean, excuse me, at the end of Deuteronomy before Joshua took over, Israel already started the campaign on the east side of the Jordan River, and they blew away these two kings. Not an Israeli soldier died either. We know what you did to the Amorites, King Sahan, King of Bashan, and Og, the King of Bashan. So our elders and our people are instructed us to, hey, go try to make peace with you guys. I think it's what they're going to say. Prepare for a long journey. Go to the people of Israel. They're lying. Declare our nation to be their servants. Would you, hey, we're just going to be, see, look at this. What a lie. This bread was hot <laughs> from our ovens when we left. <laughs> right. But now, as you see, it's dry and moldy. These wineskins were new, but now they're old and cracked. Our clothing and shoes have been worn out from our long journey. Now, watch closely. See what you can learn here. Joshua and the other people, other leaders, finally believe them. 
Look at that next one. But they did not bother to ask the Lord. Now, that's not going to get them in trouble here. The Lord's going to honor what they do here. But look at that verse. Do you ever do that? Did not bother to ask the Lord. Well, I mean, some things. It ain't going to hurt to end everything by prayer. Man, it's only going to help you. God would have said, they're lying. <gasps> mm. You think so? Yes, because of that verse. They did not bother to ask the Lord, but went ahead and signed a peace treaty. And see what they did, they swore to the Lord that we won't, we'll, we'll keep this. The leaders of Israel ratified the agreement with, their, with a binding oath. Notice we swear. Well, who do you swear by? Well, they swore by the Lord. Three days later, the facts came out. Oh, my goodness. These men were close neighbors. The Israel army set out at once to investigate and reach their cities in three days. The names of the city were Gibeon, Cherifeth, Beeroth, and Kirith-Jerim. I mean, we've heard of these Gibeon, these two in the Bible. But anyway, these cities were not harmed because of the vow which the leaders of Israel had made with the Lord God. Now, notice this. And rightly so, because the people, they're, they're catching on. we got to serve the Lord. The people of Israel were angry with their leaders because of this peace treaty. They thought, we're going to be in trouble now. Nah, but the leaders replied, we have sworn before the Lord God of Israel, we won't touch them and we won't. We must let them live, for if we break our oath, look at that, the wrath of Jehovah will be upon us. Hmm. There's a story during David's life. David is now king. And I want to think it's the Gibeonites, whoever they were. Well, it had to be because it was this group here. And it was because of, this, uh, because of this oath. Saul, remember who was chasing David? Saul was the first king of Israel. Saul went down there and slaughtered those guys. Anyway, some bad things were happening and David found out about it and he went down to the people of Gibeon and said, what can we do about it? And they reminded him of this incident. And David said, okay. So we went and got some of Saul's sons and had them killed. It was because of that oath. Anyway, so you don't really believe the, 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 the wrath of Jehovah could, yeah, mm. yeah. That's the reason we have the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over us, praise God. It's just amazing. We see in the Old Testament, uh, because God's right there, and people, he was using the, the Levites as priests to keep us from the wrath of God. And it was a real touchy situation right there. Great lessons for us today. Today, we've we got Jesus. Don't worry about opening the door for anything. You've got Jesus watching over you. Anyway, so they became servants of the Israelis, chopping their wood, carrying their water. So they got away with it. Okay, Joshua summoned the leaders and demanded, why have you lied to us by saying you live in a distant land? Now look at their reasoning why. Well, yeah, we just want to see if it'd work. No, when you were actually living right here among us. Now, a curse shall be upon you. From this moment, you must always furnish us service to chop wood and carry water for the service of our God. They replied, well, we did it because we were told that Joshua had instructed the disciple Moses to conquer this. No, wait a minute. Why didn't they believe that was no count? They knew it was count. I tell you, your enemies always know you're going to beat them. They know it. Look how they knew that. Were they went to church or something? No, they knew. We did it because... We were told that Jehovah instructed his disciple Moses to conquer this entire land and to destroy the people living in it. So we feared for our lives because of you. And that's why we did it. And you could understand why they did it. They knew. Whew, 
the Lord was going to get them. But now we're in your hands. You may do with us as you wish. So Joshua wouldn't allow the people of Israel to kill them. But they made them wood choppers, water carriers for the people of Israel and for the altar of the Lord, wherever it would be built, for the Lord hadn't told them where to build it. This arrangement is still enforced at the time of this writing. Now we're going to stop at 10 here. I wanted to get through 10. Here we go. When Adonisaac, the king of, Is uh, king of Jerusalem, hey, wow. So you can see they're in the promised land, but they haven't got this place yet. Heard how Joshua had captured, now we got Ai, and killed its king, the same he had done to Jericho, and how the people of Gibeon made a peace, made peace with Israel and were now their allies. He was very, what, frightened. Man, these kings know their had. For Gibeon was a great city, as great as the royal city, much larger than of Ai, and its men were known as hard fighters. So King Adazedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several kings. Remember David wrote and said, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. You know, you can have all kind of kings. Remember, we had a king, King Asa. He was, he was good. But then one time he paid some money to the Samaritans to help him out. And the prophet came and said, hey, the Lord bailed you out last time. Why'd you go pay that money to that other king? And boy, King Asa got so mad, he put that guy in prison. <laughs> I tell you, our faith matters. Trust the Lord. So here's the list. He contacted King Hohab of whatever, King Piram. Okay, yada, yada, these, these four kings. Come help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made a peace treaty with Joshua. Now notice this. These are the people that had sneakily done something, but guess what? The Lord's going to, because of that, he's going to save them. So anyway, they made a peace treaty with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack on Gibeon. The men of Gibeon hurriedly sent messengers to Joshua and Gilgah. Come help your servants, they demanded. Quickly and save us. Now what, right? They did, probably like Rahab. Remember, they already talked about the Lord. They were probably absolutely grateful. For all the kings of the Amorites live in the hills are here with their armies. So Joshua and the Israeli army left Gilgal and went to rescue Gibeon. Now you also got to understand too, why lose all those servants? It was twofold. They had an agreement, but they also thought, well, it's not going to help us out. We're going to lose our wood choppers and the ones who carry water for the Lord and stuff. Okay. Look what the Lord says. Don't be afraid of them. Now, where did he come from? We don't need to re-preach this, do we? We need to be confident that the Lord's talking to us. Don't think you're hearing voices when you think you, should I turn my car around and go back? Go back! See what happens. You're not going to miss anything. Sometimes it's amazing. You turn your car around and, and go, I don't know why I did that, but praise God I do now. Hallelujah. The Lord said to Joshua, for they're already defeated. Look at that phrase, already defeated. Same thing you and I got today. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Woo. I've given them to you to destroy. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Look at that. Now remember, that's in our Bible. So you're reading that over coffee and you've got a problem too. You can say that to you. Say, you know what? I don't care what's going to happen today. Nobody's going to be able to stand up against me. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal. Took the enemy armies by surprise. Then the Lord threw them into a panic so that the army of Israel slaughtered great numbers. Now think just a minute, if you were in, you know, I mean, really, those people, I know if I was, and my leaders tricked Israel, but they made an oath, I'd already been learning about the Lord, you know. And here you see the Lord reaching out and helping you. I mean, it, uh, 
the only takeaway you can get from that if you're one of these Gibeonites. The Lord threw them in a panic, so the army of Israel slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon, chased all the others all the way back to Beth Horon, Ezek, Makeda, killing them along the way. And as the enemy was racing to the hill of Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with great hailstorms. You know, look at that. Look what he says about this. It continued all the way to Azekah. In fact, more men died from the hail than by the swords of Israel. Praise God, the Lord fights your battles. And as the men of Israel, now here, whoa, whoa, whoa. Here's that story that maybe if only thing you were getting from the Bible was Sunday school stories, here's this one. It's like Noah's flood. Well, what happened? Well, now you know the details before. As the men of Israel were pursuing and harassing the foe, Joshua prayed aloud. Why? The Lord was there helping him. Why wouldn't he pray aloud? Let the sun stand still over Gibeon. And let the moon stay in its place over the valley of Ajalon. And the sun and the moon didn't move until Israel's army had finished the rest of the destruction of, this, of its enemies. This is described in greater details in the book of... Well, wait a minute. Yeah, this stuff is referenced in all kind of places. How could it be wrong? Anyway, so look what this says. The sun stopped. In the heavens, stayed there for almost 24 hours. I read something a long time ago. Somebody was from NASA or somebody like that. They were trying to figure out, and they plugged in that missing 24 hours, and it worked. There's 24 hours missing because of this, if you were just happen to check on something. But look what it says. All because of the prayer of one man. I like to imitate what Jimmy Stewart said in Wonderful Life. I'm not a praying man. That's Hollywood. Yes, you are a praying man. And even, J even Jimmy Stewart in that movie was a praying man because who showed up? What was the name of that angel? Ernest or something? What was his name? <laughs> I'll never forget. Oh. Clarence, yeah. <laughs> He said he was an angel. Of course, he was wearing his stuff from the 18th century. And uh, Jimmy Stewart says, you're sort of a, a fallen angel, angel, aren't you? <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> Every time you hear a bell ring, oh, okay, all this stuff. Great movie. Look at that. All because of the prayer of one man. But the Lord was fighting for Israel. Same thing you and I have today. The battle is the Lord's. And that, was, that verse, I'm saying the battle is the Lord, that was Jeho Jehoshaphat. You know, that's 400, 500 years, well, 800, I guess. Afterwards, Joshua and the, and the Israeli army returned to Gilgal. During the battle, the five kings escaped. They hid in a cave at Maccadah. When the news was brought to Joshua that they had been found, he issued a command that a great stone be rolled against the mouth of the cave and guarded. And he's going to wipe these guys out in a moment. Placed there to keep the kings inside. Then Joshua commanded the rest of the army. Look what he says. Go on chasing the enemy. Cut them down from the rear. Don't let them get back to their cities. For the Lord will help you and completely destroy them. So Joshua and the entire and the Israeli army continued the slaughter. Lack of a better word, I want I want to say we believe, but I'm going to say this. I can't believe this, but but it is true. I do believe it. It's just best way to say how excited I am. So Israel, Joshua and the Israeli army continued. Remember, we're stopping here. See the markers coming up. Continued the slaughter and wiped out the five armies except for a tiny remnant that managed to reach their fortified cities. The Israelis returned to their camp at Makedah without 
Oh, come on. This has to be a fairy tale. No, it's not. We have been reading since Genesis all the way to here. We already know God created everything. Is this so far-fetched? If he could create, and he did. He said he did. That's the reason we have a Sabbath day. Because the Lord created in six days, and he rested on the seventh. It's the only place the, the week came from. You can go look that up all you want to. How we ever got a seven-day week is beyond me, except for the Scriptures. That's true. Look at this. They returned to their camp at Makedat without having lost a single man. Now, this is the second time this has happened. When Moses conquered Sihon and Og on the other side of the Jordan River, that happened. Remember, the generals came up with their offering, and they had an extra one. They said, I know we brought our offering the other day, but we're <laughs> we were just checking things over, and we're going to double it. Why you want to double it? We didn't lose a man. Whoa! Didn't lose a guy. You ever heard of the Six-Day War? When was that? 1960-something in Israel or whatever? and Whatever that one was. Israel fought. That war didn't last long at all. It was just over with real quick. Just recent. Anyway. Look at that. And after that, no one dared attack Israel. Man. Now Joshua instructed the men to remove the stone from the mouth of the cave, bring out these five kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. Joshua told the captains of his army to put their feet on the king's neck. What for? Something we keep hearing over and over again, and I hope we get it. Of course we do. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged, Joshua said to his men. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is going to do uh, all of this for your enemies. Now wait a minute, I, I want to back up a second. We probably need to have some men's meetings here, and we probably need to have some, uh, you know, marriage counseling going on here, and we need to make sure daddies are doing the right thing for their daughters and for their sons, and you know, no, we don't. It all takes care of itself. It takes care of itself because of the Lord. So much better to go straight to this. Waste so much time. They don't even read the Bible. We're having a Bible study over at so-and-so's house. They never open up the Bible. They immediately go after... So-and-so's dealing with alcohol, and he's, he's in rehab right now. Good, I'm glad he's at rehab. What are they teaching at rehab? Well, not the Lord. Well, yes, yeah, that's what I'm after, see? The, miracu the miraculous covers all this. You think they had alcohol back in these days? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, with that, Joshua plunged his sword into each of the five kings, killing them. Then he hanged them on five trees until evening. As the sun was going down, Joshua instructed their bodies were taken down, thrown into the cave that had been where they'd been hiding. And a great pile of stones, oh yeah, I can guess now. Yeah, they're still there. Okay. Was placed at the mouth of the cave. The pile is still there today. On the same day, Joshua destroyed the city of Makedah, killed its king, everyone in it. Not one person in the entire city was left alive. Then the Israelis, they went to Lebanon. Man, I tell you, they're conquering the whole promised land. Yeah, you see it. There too, the Lord gave the city and its king. Every last person was slaughtered, just as Jericho. From Libna, they went to Lachish and attacked it. The Lord gave it to them on the second day. Boy, that was quick. Here too, the entire population. Look at that. Just as Libna, during the attack on Lachish, King Horam of Gezer arrived with his army to try to help defend the city. But Joshua's men, but just, there was no battle. He wiped them out. The Israeli army then captured Eglon on the first day. Now do you understand why he's talking about he was going to get them to the promised land? 
He even said he's going to send the bees out, the hornets out ahead of them and drive them out. Nobody in the whole land could stop them. Israel army then poured, captured Eglon on the first day in Lachish and they killed everyone in the city. After leaving Eglon, they went to Hebron, captured it. Okay, I get it. Slaughtering the entire, they wiped out everybody. Then they went back to Deber. They captured it quickly. Look at it, over and over again. They killed everyone just as, okay. Joshua and his, look at this. Look at that. So Joshua and his army conquered the whole country. The nations, the kings of, uh, uh, the kings of the hill country, the Najeb, the lowlands, the mountain slopes. They destroyed everyone in the land. Just as the Lord God of Israel had commanded, slaughtering them from Kadesh, Barnea, to Gaza, from Goshen, to Gibeon. This was all accomplished in one campaign. Just like the Lord had said. Man. For the Lord God, why? Wonder if we have this today. For the Lord God of Israel was fighting for his people. Then Joshua and his army, they, went, they returned to Gilgal. So you see by the 10th chapter, they already wiped it out. Now they still had some northern parts still yet to go. But he's going to go ahead and send Judah and them, uh, two other tribes. They can go on back home. They can go back across the Jordan River. You'll see that story. because It's just totally history. Praise God. Wow. But now remember, after Joshua comes what? Judges, they lost it all. They lost it all. By the second chapter, it was all gone. Lost everything. Why? Worshiping idols, not paying attention to what we saw. The Lord was with them the whole time. Don't ever be discouraged. They started getting discouraged. They wanted to worship. You know, you read the details ourselves. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you. You're with us. We can talk to you. Praise the Lord. Father, if we're not feeling good today, and we know it, Lord, fix us. Whatever's broken our bodies, fix it, Lord. Help us. So we can stay down here and with, uh, with being happy and helping others and doing what you want us to do. Lord, and if we're hurting financially, take care of that. Praise the Lord. We're not worried about it. You'll get it to us. Thank you. And if it's some other problem, whatever, great, small, whatever, you just, just help us. And Lord, that, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others, just like was recorded here about Joshua. We're going to record the things you did as we tell others that seem like they don't want to hear from us. We're just going to say, well, I don't, I don't know, but he still does this for me. We can still explain with confidence what you've done for us as we tell them about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. We'll go out, yeah, we'll go out and conquer.